Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. So guys, this week I actually got a question in my DMs, which has actually shaped this entire episode. And that question was, did I have a baby quickly with Tommy because of my age? I was like, my age, but I'm so young. But I think this is such a good and interesting topic because I do still feel like there's that sense of the big 3-0. When you hit the big 3-0, you feel like you're running out of time. And it is, it is a bit crazy, isn't it? Because, you know, life expectancy is going up and up and up, but we still really feel that sort of pull around 30 that we're like, we are running out of time. And it's funny because I never really wanted children. Well, I say never, I did in my 20s, but I definitely didn't towards the end of my 20s. And when I turned 30, I was very much like, I'm not maternal. I don't like children. So I never really felt it in terms of like the biological TikTok clock. That's the word. <laughs> it sounds like I'm doing bingo. I know because that's numbers. Anyway, um, but I did feel that pull around a relationship, at least at the beginning of my 30s, because I was like, oh, my God, I'm still on my own. I'm running out of time. Like, Am I ever going to meet someone? And it took a long time for me to get over that sort of mindset. And then I kind of went the other way where I loved being single so much that I was like, I don't want to be tied down. And I saw relationships as almost being negative until I met Tommy. And then it did happen so quickly. And I was thinking of this concept of like, why do we feel like we're running out of time? And, you know, there's this statistic that one in three women between, um, the ages 35 and 39 won't get pregnant even after a year of trying. And I looked into the source of this data and can you believe that this statistic, which I feel like is in all of our heads, is French births between the year 2670 and 1830 when antibiotics, electricity and fertility treatment weren't even invented. And it's so interesting because the more I looked into this, basically a lot of companies profit from baby panic there's fear mongering headlines and that sells papers and quite a reassuring statistic i saw um, from a boston university study it followed 2820 women sorry i'm going in with the hard facts and found that 78 percent of 35 to 40 year olds got pregnant within a year compared with 84 percent of 20 to 30 year olds so that's only a six percent drop and 
you know, I've actually had a few friends who gave birth in their 40s. And it says that in Britain, more than 2000 babies a year are born to mothers aged over 45. I just thought it was such an interesting topic because I feel like even the relationship choices we have and whether or not we plan to have children, whether or not we're struggling to have children, it's almost like on our mind from 26 you know I, I even get dms from people in their 20s saying you know I'm, I'm 26 this year i feel like i'm running out of time like what should i do and i just think it's such an interesting and liberating chat to have for this week's mum's the word podcast episode and i thought the perfect guest to have on would be a friend of mine she is in her 40s she is single and always has been single and she is a mum and she decided to take matters into her own hands because she did decide that she wanted to be a mother and she went down the adoption process and I think it's just such an interesting and fascinating and inspirational story so I wanted to get the amazing Vicky Silverthorne on my episode today. So with all of that in mind, today's guest, I just think is going to be the most amazing guest. She's my friend. She is the professional home organizer and declutterer. She's got an amazing company called You Need a Vicky. She's an author of an Amazon bestseller, Start With Your Sock Drawer. And she's most recently a mum. So Vicky, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to me. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It really does mean the world to me, as you know. I feel like this is going to just be such an amazing... It's funny because even though I'm your friend, I'm excited to kind of go through this story and I feel like it's going to help so many people that are maybe considering adoption or even just to ease people's minds who feel like they are as much as I hate the phrase running out of time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and that's why I feel excited. And it's it's really important word to get out there, as we've discussed so many times before, you know, it's it's a it's a different kind of way of becoming a mum, let's say. Vic, when you were in your teens, early twenties, let's say, you know, when we all have that sort of imaginary timeline and we feel like 30 is like so old. Uh, what was your kind of like fantasy vision of you with um, like, did you, did you think you wanted kids? If so, when did you think you wanted them? Did you ever think about ad adoption back then? It's so interesting, actually, because I had a sort of a bit of embarrassing flashback. I used to go, <laughs> I used to go through Argos catalogue and look at all the baby gear and circle it and say to my mum and dad, if I had a baby, this is what I'll get. So I feel like even from young, a young age, I wanted children really young. And I'm pretty sure I wanted more than one yeah, I'm sure I wanted more than one. Um, and I didn't ever think anything other than I would get married and I would have children. Um, not too fussed about the big wedding thing. I remember from a young age even, but the children 100% absolutely wanted them running around everywhere. See, it's so funny because I feel like I kind of went 
full circle a bit because I was in a seven year relationship from 15 to 21. And I remember saying with like such confidence, we're going to get married, like we'll do our year abroad at uni. And then we'll probably, if we're still together, then we'll get engaged and then we'll live together for a year after uni and then we'll get married and then we'll probably like have a baby by 26. And I don't even know where I plucked those yeah ages out but 26 felt so old and old at the time yeah yeah, that's the right time to have kids and obviously we didn't last (laughs) and that kind of age came and went I remember also feeling really like depressed about turning 25 thinking like well this is it for me now like you know it's all downhill from here and it's so bizarre like looking back now as a 34 year old and then I think it was around the age of 30 that I stopped seeing the fact that I was single as a failure. And I started to see it as, wow, I get to do anything I want. I get to like travel. I got to travel. I got to take myself for dinner. I got to go out with friends. I got to like pretty much do anything and not have to um, speak to anyone about it. And I almost became like anti-children and I really, really never expected to well you know even two years ago Tom and I didn't know each other it's crazy yeah yeah to go the other way and be because you're you're so maternal you're so amazingly maternal now I see you with Alf I I just it's amazing to think that isn't it what a change and it's funny because when I first started speaking to you about your adoption journey which I definitely want to get straight into it's weird because obviously I wasn't it wasn't even on my agenda the thought of having children so now to be doing motherhood with you it's just funny how everything just goes so full circle but because I met Tom so quickly and also the decision making of having a children was totally taken out of my hands because Alf was a very happy surprise I never really got that feeling of time is running out or I feel left behind and so I wonder you're obviously 40 now Big they say they say life begins at 40 in your 40s do you feel good do you know what I do do you and do you know why I do is because I feel like I know myself and I would be honest enough to say I've worked on myself hard enough that I really know myself and I'm so comfortable with who I am and the way I think now and the amazing friends that I choose to have around me it's it is it's so much more comfortable living in my 40s than definitely in my 30s I have to say. So when you were in your 30s did you ever feel like oh I really want children I'm running out of time am I going to meet someone did you go through those motions or did you always feel like I want to be a single parent and I want to adopt? Do you know what I think I did in my 30s I felt like it was so unachievable for me that I blocked it out as a thought because it would make me too sad. It, ma- it made me too sad, the thought of not being a mum ever. So I, I, I don't think I even, you know, you know, when you block, you use that method. I don't think I even let it come into my mind because I hadn't met anyone, um, you know, and I still haven't, but I have a lot more hope than I did back then. Because back then, I think I just convinced myself, well, maybe that's my story. I'm you know, I'm, I'm single and that's the way it's meant to be for me for some reason. Um, which is, which is a bit sad, but now I don't, I don't think like that anymore. Now I just think, oh, I can't wait to meet someone because I feel like I know it will happen. I remember you saying to me at the beginning of your journey as well, that 
you said to me, I really believe that I'll meet the right person when I'm living the life I know I'm meant to live. And that is to be a mother. God, that that puts a lump in my throat, actually, even hearing you say that. That was my exact words. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because, you know, I, I don't mean, listen, I've, I've always been a complete person. And we have these conversations, don't we, about, you know, feeling complete and but she's changed my life. My daughter has changed my life for the better, you know, and I can't not smile when I'm saying this because she's made, yeah, she has made me who I, who I wanted to be, who I was almost sad to say waiting to be. Um, but saying that it was all meant to happen. These timings were all meant to be, I wasn't meant to do it until I was this age and 40, you know, uh, 40 when I got her, um, it I have faith that it was all meant to be like this for some reason. I love the fact with your story and, and guys, just for context, so we're not allowed to talk about um, her name, which so we're going to call her Tippy. Her nickname. And, um, and we can't talk too much about the timeline. But what I love about, about your story is that you knew you wanted to be a mother like that you knew that was on the cards but you still feel like I can do this on my own I don't need someone to complete me I don't need another half and even now it's like you 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 look forward to the day that you meet someone but you also you've just got on with your life yeah totally I, I knew I knew I could do it by myself and you know, I don't know why, I feel like it's really important for me to say as well, adoption is sometimes looked at as the last resort. And for me, it was never that. I mean, my dad said that he remembers me talking about it in my 20s. And I was really taken aback when he said it. He said, yeah, you've always talked about it. And, you know, going through the process, I actually realized there was quite a lot of adoption stories very close in my immediate family. That I'd never even thought about because it was just my norm. Um, and yeah, it, I do think that's important to say because a lot of people, you know, they try IVF or they try having children in other ways. And it might be, you know, the next, the next thing they're going to try. But for me, it wasn't, it was top of, it was top of my list. And I looked into other things, but no, it was, it was top of my list. I, I knew, I knew how I was going to be a mum. I'm so glad. How old were you? And and also, let's talk about that initial process of what you had to do to even express interest. It was, I'd say, a few, (laughs) so careful with timings, it's funny, isn't it? A few years ago, it was a few years ago, and I went to an adoption meeting. Um, And it was funny, when I emailed to get the details of the meeting, and I searched, up popped an email that I'd sent two years previously and almost forgotten about. So it, that shows how long it had been on my mind as a serious thought. But I obviously wasn't quite ready back then. So I sent this email a few years ago, went to my first meeting. And honestly, it was very empty. It was an empty room, which I initially thought, God, this is sad. This is There's not enough people in here. There were like 20 chairs and there were probably four of us filling them. And we listened to this talk and we looked around and I was the only single woman there. And there, were, uh, there was a couple and someone whose partner wasn't there. And I came out an hour and a half later. I don't even know. It was almost like euphoria. I was buzzing with adrenaline. And I hadn't told anyone I'd gone to the meeting. This was like my thing. Because you don't have that many things that are your thing, do you? But this was my thing. 
and I, I was just buzzing and I got in my car and, you know, hands on the steering wheel, hands on head, like smiling, like, oh my God, this is how I'm going to become a mum. And I knew it 100% from that moment. Like that was it. My journey was starting. It started that night. Um, and then you express interest, which is a simple A4 form, and you fill it in saying, I would like to express interest. And you, you know, you send that off or you email that in, I can't remember. And that's it. Kind of the process starts. You, you start getting appointments with social workers. And, and, and before you know it, you're, you're in it. Um, and you're in it for the long haul. You are definitely in it for the long haul. Um, it's a long. Did you find that there was any kind of pushback on the fact that you were a single parent or did you find you were questioned for like why you wanted to do it on your own? Um, there were definitely questions throughout the process that came up in relation to financially, can I support, you know, m- myself and a child? And, you know, do I have the space? Um, do I have the support around me from friends and family? But that initial bit, it's really strange, you know, I didn't, I, I almost forgot about the fact that I was single and that that might be an issue. Because I almost felt like surely that must be the dark ages where they worried about things like that. You know, look how look how much women can achieve by themselves. Come on. What year are we in here? Um and, and that that definitely seemed to be the case, I have to say. And the questions were very much ones that you think they have to ask. Like I say, they have to ask finances, but they they do that to a couple anyway. They have to ask if you've got support, but you know, they do that to a couple anyway. So um, it wasn't invasively um, asking about me being single, but you know it was it was definitely emphasised, and in, in my opinion, so it should. You know, it should be anyone who's about to take on a child that you know uh, take on a child uh, needs those questions answering. I think. And then, what was the process from when you? decided okay yeah this is the route I want to go down so I think I actually thought and I think that the 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 word um on the street is that it is incredibly hard and incredibly invasive um and incredibly long-winded and quite a lot of negatives around the process but honestly I have to say from start to finish other than a few bits that I found very emotional, I I enjoyed the process. It there's part of it where you know. So I've signed up. I've expressed interest. I'm assigned a social worker. You know, they check you serious. You have the conversations, and from then it's sort of full on in. You're filling in forms. I mean, forms about detailing your family, your upbringing, your childhood. It, it is like therapy. And it really was. There were parts of it that were actually like therapy because you find yourself writing things down. You have to be really honest. You find yourselves writing things down about your childhood, you know, that weren't necessarily, you know, the best and, and things that were great. Um, and and form after form and you're proving yourself a lot. You're, like I say, bank statements, um, your friends get interviewed or your family gets interviewed but the way I kept seeing it was, well, if I've got nothing to worry about, nothing to hide, I'm going to do okay here. So, so I never worried that I was going to, you know, fail and they were going to say, no, you're not good enough. Because I knew I, knew I was, you know, there's one thing I, I knew I was good enough to be a mum. And, and then the process gets more serious where you start training. And then you meet this great group of people in your training. And 
you know, we've had conversations before, Ashley, about like, you know, do we join the, the mum set? Do we want to go to mum classes? Do we want to, you know, all these questions that go around your head when you're thinking of becoming a mum or you're becoming a mum. Do you want to enter into that sort of mum world? And for me, it was like, you know, I don't, I don't need to join an adoption group or, you know, I, I don't need that. I just, I just need to join some normal groups where there aren't people who've got adopted children. That's fine. But when I went into this training and I'm sitting in a circle with a room full of adopters, like I found my people, like I really did find some of my people and we're in touch to this point, like two days, two years later, we all message sort of every few days and it's amazing. And that was one of the best things that came out of all of the training that we did for, for adoption. I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Cause I guess it's, there's something very beautiful about meeting people who are going through what you're going through at that same time. I'm sorry if this is like a really like obvious or insensitive question, but do you find it awkward when you do go to mum groups or parent groups that if people ask about the birth story and do you, how do you react to that or how do they react to it? Yeah, there's two kind of questions I think I get asked quite frequently, whether I'm at a park with her or like you say, a little group with her. Something about my partner will always come up. Then there's, um, if there are birth stories, I'm, I'm obviously kind of a bit quiet, but now I sort of know to sort of ask some questions and join in sometimes, you know, even though I don't have my story. I've thought, how do I answer this? Do I be really honest and open and say, oh, actually, um, I adopted my child because there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's no shame in my eyes. But the other side of it is it's for the future. It's her story. And I, I think of her in the future. How much would she want me to tell? And I think what I've kind of come to is, no, I'm going to say it loud and proud. Actually, you know, oh, I adopted her and, and I'm doing it by myself. So, no, I don't have a partner and I definitely don't have a birthing story. Um, and reactions are quite interesting, you know, because no one means to, you know, ever do a negative, negative reaction, I'm sure. But some people pause and don't say anything and nod almost like a shock like because I think because they literally don't know what to say because they they might not have ever come across anybody who's adopted maybe maybe not but it's like this awkward pause like shell shocked uh, and uh and nodding and and honestly that's happened quite a lot but other other people are just oh that's oh that's really lovely I mean can you imagine some people then go a bit too far and and ask questions that are quite intrusive and that I would never answer like oh what happened to her parents was she mistreated was she abused and people have actually asked that and I think wow like how do you respond how do you respond to that do you just say I can't tell you or do you say fuck off <laughs> I felt well it's so tempting to sometimes I want to sort of go are you joking are you actually asking me that but what I do is I think do you know what that's their reaction it's just come out it's not their fault. It's just come out. So what I try and say is, do you know what? It's all kind of part of a story. And I feel like it's kind of our story. So I never really choose to talk about that, that side of things, you know, and I'll end in something positive and I'll always give them a smile because I never want them to feel awkward or stupid. And, and I like to think they'll go away and go, oh, what an idiot. Why did I ask that? I'll never ask that again. Do you know what? Even doing it on your own, like, I have so much admiration for you, but also like 
I'm just in awe that you're able to. I know that sounds mad, but I say it to you all the time. Like I, I really struggle, and, and I've got Tommy, and I, I feel really. But let's say this: like for example, when I've obviously got Tommy, but we're not married. But the assumption is people will, will say, "Oh, where's your husband?" or "What does your husband do?" And sometimes I don't want to correct people, and I don't know why because I, I don't know. I just feel a bit like, "Oh, I don't want to." make them feel uncomfortable or I feel immature saying oh he's actually my boyfriend and that's silly but it seems like I'm my boyfriend so sometimes I will just say like oh yeah my husband's away but do you ever like feel the need to lie or or do you or like how do you how do you really I think I've definitely a few times just nodded and smiled like if someone's gone I don't know oh you're you know partners or you know men and I'm just like yeah <laughs> like I can't be bothered to open the can of worms right now I'm just going to go with it um and that's that's probably as much as I've I've sort of agreed with people when you know when you're just too tired and you can't be bothered um but other than that when I've got my energy I'll I'll sort of correct because you know we do assume we do assume that you know a couple have a child and that's the way it is and yeah, good good on you for with me you've always been so supportive of the fact that I'm by myself and you've always recognized it and I've been so grateful for that since day 1 because you know what sometimes when you're feeling like you're not on top of things and you're exhausted that that word that we frequently use um you're exhausted sometimes it's just what you want to hear god that might be like recognition wow god that must be really hard not to just be able to you know turn around hand your child to your partner and say i just need a cup of tea outside for five minutes because it is it it is hard and i definitely underestimated that side of it i wouldn't change a thing as you know 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiya, we're here to tell you about the Loose Lips podcast. We, being me, Georgie Porter, and me, Sharon Carpenter, we're all about honesty and not holding back, especially when it comes to what's in the news. Plus, we answer your questions and we give you advice whenever it's asked for. Even when it's not asked for. We're all about what you're really thinking and what you really want to know. You can expect to hear some of this. I have to say, come on, people, we're we're getting a little too sensitive here. And also some of this. She is plugging her entire career in that one moment. That's the Lose Lips podcast out every Tuesday and not forgetting Extra Lippy on Fridays. Find it wherever you found this podcast. We'll see you there. Like, what would be your advice? Because there might even be people listening who are thinking of breaking up with a partner, but they're scared to do it alone. What What have you learned about being a single parent and what's your advice to people who are going through it or, or maybe thinking about going through it? I would say the answer is 100% yes. The bond we have, me and Tippy, is unbelievable. The time we spend together is absolute magic and I wouldn't have it any other way. And there are massive ups. And there are massive downs, like with anyone who's a mum. And getting your support network, I would say, was emphasised to me during the adoption process massively. And again, I underestimated it. But that is like the most important thing ever. Having anyone, a friend, anyone, childcare, who you can just get a little bit of you time in, if you've got that sorted, you can do this a hundred percent. How have you managed to juggle it all? Have you had to be really strict with routine? Like what has, what's been the journey with you? Um, so to start with initially, I didn't work at all. And that's something that's all rec- always recommended when you adopt, you know, they like you to throw yourself in there, throw yourself into the bonding and, and be present. And and that's certainly what I did. Um, and, and if it was an evening and she was asleep, and I was lucky enough that she was asleep at the beginning, um, that was when I could jump on a few calls here and there and make sure the business was alive. But I have to give total credit to my PA, Laura, who has ran the business single-handedly, basically, until I came back on board. Um, and when I did come back on board, I had the help of an amazing, uh, I had amazing childcare and my routine of uh, uh, my weekly routine now looks like Monday, I spend it with Tippy. Tuesday all day I work, but I work from home and she's around and I insist on still giving her lunch, still putting her down for her lunchtime nap. Um, and our day ends at sort of 3.30, 4 o'clock. Um, Wednesday, I'm back with her again. And then on a Thursday, it's a sort of just over half a day where I'll work again in the office, which again is my home. Same again, I'll make sure I'm there to give her lunch and put her down and, and get her up again. Um, so I'm still present. And then a Friday, again, an adventure day where we just do something fun. By the way, I have to say this business is amazing. Like genuinely, <laughs> Vic basically, I don't, I don't want to say invented, but she started a business where she sells 
um, sanitizer that is completely alcohol free and so friendly. You can put it on baby skin, their clothes, you can put it on um, planes, windows, like anything that babies touch and it kills COVID as well. Thank you. And, you know, it was in the first lockdown, I, I thought of the idea about, you know, sanitizer that could go on everything. And then Kay Alley, who who is a nutritional therapist, was like, I know the exact formula, I know the ingredient, I know the manufacturer. And then it started and I did think in my head, oh, I know I'm adopting soon, but I couldn't help myself. And I think when you've got that entrepreneurial side to you, you, you know, you quash so many ideas that you think, no, I can't do another one. But when one comes up and you think, hold on a minute, I can't let this one go. Alcohol belongs in wine glasses. And every time I look at her and every time I've got this sanitizer in my hand, I think this is for your future. This is to make your future better. And how can I not continue doing that work? And I feel eternally grateful to have those solid three, three and a half days with her every week. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's a dream. I love this. See, I know Tippy, and I know your bond with her and my bond with her. Like she is just the most amazing little girl. But I know, and it's so cute because she always calls Alf baby Alf, and she always asks about him, and it it is just amazing. And it's weird because I I almost I second guess myself to ask you this question, but actually. I ask it about people with, you know, at, at childbirth, I say, did you bond with the baby straight away? And I think that is a, a fair question. And I think one that people worry about when they adopt, like, did you feel the bond straight away? And how did you, how did she find you? Yeah, so so I think this is a really good part of the, the journey, actually. This is like the magical part of it. Um, you know, obviously, it was lockdown. And what happens when you've been approved as an adopter, and you've gone through all these things, and you get this final sort of adoption certificate saying, yeah, you can now adopt a child. It's unbelievable feeling you know again euphoria like oh my god I'm going to be a mum I suppose it's a similar feeling to when well, I, I can't compare it but you know when you know that you're pregnant I don't know the feeling but it's like oh my god I'm going to be a mum I'm definitely now going to be a mum it's not the same at all by the way <laughs> but but you know what I mean no, I think it is because I remember when I was pregnant we were both having conversations of I knew Alf was going to be a boy and you knew you were having a little girl but we were both like I wonder what they'll be like and it is really similar and I remember us even saying at the time like isn't it funny because we've both chosen very like different routes or we're not even chosen but we are going down different routes but we're both excited to meet our little person and you can't measure excitement, can you? And you and and in we were both just hugely excited. I, I actually still remember crying when. Do you remember yeah, when you told me that um, you were getting tippy, and I I burst into tears, and I was just so elated. Oh, it's mad feeling. Yeah, oh, it's just amazing. But so sorry, I keep interrupting. But did you feel that instant connection? Yeah. So basically, so so once you're approved there's a potential quite a long matching process it's called there's a couple of ways of doing it so what happens is your social workers are searching and searching for your child you know and um you've you've had a long discussion about sort of it sounds awful but what you're looking for but you know this is your life and you have to be very realistic with that what you can you know who you can take on and and the problems that they may or may not have so we had our realistic conversations you know as a single mum and then they're on the lookout and then what also happens sort of simultaneously is there is um, a website 
and it's it's not necessarily the happiest of websites. It's all the children that um, are looking for new mums or dads, dads and dads, mums and mums, you know, looking for new parents. So I was sort of doing a bit of both with this, just sort of waiting for the day. And you also don't know if when you see the first image of your future child, potential future child, the feeling you're going to get. Like, am I going to am I going to look at this picture immediately and read this little bit of blurb and go, oh my God, this is my child? Because that's the stories I'd heard. But I know me and I didn't think I'd feel that. And funnily enough, I didn't. I had my self-protection mode up. I saw this beautiful picture of a little girl. I saw some writing about how happy and cheerful she was and her favorite little things to watch on TV. But I didn't know. And, And she could have been ripped away at any point. So there is this self-protection mode up. And, and by this point, you've sort of shown interest in a couple of children and it hasn't worked. So you know to sort of protect your heart. And believe me, mine was like wrapped in steel at this point. And then I had a conversation with my social worker about Tippy, And she phoned up and she said, look, I really think that you should meet her. But, but this is lockdown. So meeting her would usually be in person. This meet was, she was with her foster carer. And it was Zoom call. I mean, how bizarre is that? You're about to meet your future child on Zoom. So up she pops on Zoom. The foster carer to start with. And I wasn't actually meant to meet her at this point, but she made some moaning sounds and up she pops. And I said, hiya, Bubba. Naturally, like, hiya, Bubba. And she went, hiya. And I literally melted. And that was my moment. That was my like, oh, my God. God, this is her. This is oh my, oh my God, that's my daughter. Do- oh my God, that's my daughter. And and that that was my overwhelming moment. I needed to see her little human face. You know, I needed to see her expression, not just hear about her and look at a piece of paper and a photograph. And then that was it. I said yes, let's go ahead. They said yes, we like her. Let's go ahead. I was picked of one of three. You know, it's hard. Picked of one of three. Three sets of people and then I had zoom calls with her like most days it was so weird zoom calls and we got to know each other you know she'd laugh at me and I'd do silly things and you know she was she was under one at this point weeks later what happens is you you get about a week put in the diary where you start going to the foster carer's house every single day you go there, you wake them up, you go there, you know, one morning, you give them lunch the next day, it can start off with a couple of hours, and then it sort of gets longer as the week progresses. You know, so by sort of day three and four, I was putting her to sleep, which went very badly. Um, it was definitely a sign of things to come. <laughs> um, and then on day, I think it was seven, she's in the back of my car, I've got a boot full of everything she owns. And I'm driving her home 10 o'clock one morning for the first time last time, you know, like, and that was it. She'd visited my house once before to get familiar with it. And that was it. We came home and that was how I brought my baby home, you know, isn't it? Isn't it mad to think how different it can be, but also the similarities. I honestly feel teary, like hearing you say it all, because I mean, you are Tippy's mum and it it's just amazing that you've done this you you have taken motherhood and you were like this is what I want to do 
and I'm just going to do it. And I think it's so nice because a lot of people talk about, you know, I had a conversation with a friend the other day who's 33 now and she was like, oh, you know, like I do really want kids. So I guess I need to like lower my standards and I maybe have to settle. And I was like, oh my God, why would you settle? Like we are still not even halfway, hopefully through our lives. Like the average age is 84 to get to, you know, for, for, for women in the UK, our average life expectancy. And you're talking about lowering your standards and settling, but also parenthood is probably like the most challenging thing you can do. Like I said, to choose, choose your partner wisely. And, you know, people, I feel like in society, we talk a lot about like fearing not having children or regretting not having children. But personally, I was frightened of having them with the wrong person and honestly I don't think you even realize how much of an inspiration you are like you've you've adopted the most amazing little girl you're an entrepreneur you I mean you you made a business not only in lockdown but also as a new mom and you're doing it on your own and you know single parents I honestly just I just can't give you enough praise it's such an amazing you're making me smile hearing this it's it's lovely. It's it's so lovely to, to hear you say all those things. And, you know, you don't often have conversations like this where you, yeah, I don't think I've talked about it like this in all this time. And it's it's wonderful to, it feels great to, to sort of, you know, relive it all because it was all of it. It's a positive, positive experience. And I have to home in on what you said about settling because I could have, I know, been married. I could have had you know, three birth children, maybe by now I could have, but I didn't meet someone that I knew I could be with long-term. And and like you said, my fear was having children with the wrong person. And the alternative to that was me having them by myself. And I'm glad I chose it because I haven't made any wrong choices along the way. This is where I'm meant to be at this time absolutely where I'm meant to be and I can't wait to meet someone I feel like I'm naturally made to be with someone but it hasn't happened yet but that's okay too but also do you know what what an amazing what an amazing thing that we're at a point in society where whether it's um like same-sex relationships or single parents or you know whatever the journey and the story is we're at a place now where we can have sex yeah. outside of marriage without community banishment. Yeah. We can have children without a husband and that is socially acceptable. We can ensure a roof over our heads without needing the signature of a man. You know, it's only I think it only came in in the 70s that we could buy houses without a male wow. signature. We can have careers and earn almost as much as a man. We're working on that. <laughs> and. And yeah, like you are, you are like living proof that you can do it and you can thrive on your own. And it's just so nice to hear your story in detail and hopefully giving, um, giving some food for thought for not only the adoption process, but for people who are like maybe toying with the idea of, of single parenthood. I think it's just wonderful. Definitely. And, and honestly, anyone who's got that, that little hovering, thought in their head about adoption like you know you know I think I think about it but I don't know the process please book in go to a meeting that can do no harm it's a couple of hours of your night see how you feel how did you just google UK adoption or what was the how did you find the meetings yeah it wasn't actually the easiest but it was literally I, I think I typed in something like local adoption meeting local adoption events 
And if you get in touch with your local um, council, your local borough, they'll, there's always someone who sort of sends you on a little trail, um, but something pops up. Adoption UK is a fantastic website to look on. Uh, several different ways of doing it. Now, I didn't go down the private route at all. I went with sort of local authority, you know, um, uh, that's how I did it, but everyone chooses a different way, you know, I'm sure, but but I can't, you know, praise my social workers and everyone enough in, in the way it was all dealt with. It was fantastic. Oh, Vic, I'm so happy that you came on to share your story. But before I let you go, basically every week I get questions through from my lovely listeners and um, for anyone that does want to get in touch, even if it's about topics that we talked about today um, even if you want to share your story and your journey uh, get in touch by emailing askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com or you can leave it as a, as a review on the apple podcasts so this week's question is actually from uh, rav who gave a review on apple podcast by the way thank you to everyone for leaving reviews it helps so much and if you think that anyone will benefit from this episode especially, then please spread the word, share it. But Rav's question for today, and Vic, you are the perfect person to answer it because you are just like a ray of positivity and sunshine and an entrepreneur. So the question is, do you have any advice for someone who's lost their drive or ambition and almost feels stuck in a rut? How do you keep going when you feel like you are stuck in the daily treadmill of life? God. Yeah, I've definitely been there. And I know a lot of people who, who would relate to that. Um, I would say start with the small things. Um, 100%. I would say change of scenery, absolutely change of scenery, where you're working. Um, and it sounds so silly actually saying it, but change of scenery in your own home too. Have I'm not trying to plug my own business, but have a massive clear out, honestly right do, do you agree with me there Ashley like it, it it refreshes your mind you have an amazing business and you are you are literally someone that comes in and organizes people's life so yeah it, it, away. It, honestly <laughs> sometimes the thing that can just kick off your productivity again giving your home I don't mean paint all the walls or anything like that but having a clear out getting your surroundings how you would want to work having um more clear headspace is is having more physical space around you and I don't mean a bigger room or anything like that but I mean having things in order so that you actually have space to think clearly um Getting organized is one of the best ways to increase your productivity, um, increase your positivity, get your mindset in the right place again, um, and taking huge breaks in nature. And I know I sound like I'm being so extra mindful, but again, like seeing how big the world is again puts everything into perspective. Um, so for me, when I'm in that rut, I have to change things up a bit. I get myself more organized. I get everything from my mind down on paper. You know, that that there's an amazing company where they do a, a book called a 3 a.m. book um, where, you know, if you wake up in the night, you, you take what's in your head and you write it down. It's amazing. Um, do that. Make sure you've got all of these thoughts down on paper, um, anything that you're thinking, just to give your life that little bit of more of a refresh again, because um, you can get it back as fast as it went. You can get it back again, that positivity and that sort of oomph for life, um, for, for sure. I feel like mine mine is much more um, 
write a to-do list because I find when I kind of lose my ambition or my drive or my happiness I end up feeling really overwhelmed and it's like you know how do you change your life that's such a huge it's a huge thing but like little to-do lists or even every Monday I always think how can I make this week happier than last so I think of everything that I struggled with last week and that might be things in motherhood you know like okay I'm not making enough time to get my work done how can I change that I'm going to ring Tommy's mom and ask if she can come over another couple of days this week whatever it whatever it might be or with work it might be well I hate my job okay so how can I change it well this week I'm going to write a CV or you know and then just like little bit by little bit you can really like see the magic yeah and I think also you know if if you plan say on a Monday to to do that um and it doesn't go according to plan and you, you don't find yourself quite there yet saying that's all right. That's all right. Cause there's always tomorrow. It's okay. It's okay to have these, these down days and, and ride through them because there's still tomorrow. I've still got an opportunity to get more productive to, like you say, tick more off my to-do list. You know, you've always got another chance. God, what a lovely way to end the podcast. I feel like that's almost like a bit of coaching, but I definitely do find that becoming a mom. It, it is, it is like, trying to put new pieces into a puzzle isn't it oh yeah <laughs> yeah definitely getting yeah so you just about figure it out and then suddenly a hundred new pieces land and you're like where am I going to put these <laughs> absolutely yeah one one hundred percent and and I don't think any day will ever be the same with them and I don't think any year will ever be the same with them and when you get to the point where you realize that you kind of start riding it a bit more don't you riding the wave of motherhood um what a lovely way to end and also I have to end because my boobs are literally about to explode (laughs) I don't know when the last time I fed Alf was but I'm sat here like almost like trying to squeeze my boobs to release a little bit of pressure so um I really really hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Vicky thank you so much especially giving up your precious time um and i can't wait to see you soon um if you enjoyed the episode make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button again like i said if you think anyone will benefit from the topic that we discussed today then please share it if you're listening on apple Podcasts, leave us a review and a five-star rating it helps others to find us and i will see you next week same time same place Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 